You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. I have to remind you, Sally. <laughs> this is my week off. Uh, you can't kill me, Matrix. You need me to find your daughter. Where is she? I don't know. But cook those. I'll take you where I'm supposed to meet her. But you won't. Uh, why not? Because I already know. <laughs> remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Matrix. You did. I lied. <laughs> One of the greatest moments in Arnold <laughs> history. As yeah. we proudly present the hundredth and fiftieth, hundred and fiftieth episode of Eighties Revisited, going commando this week. Yes, probably, arguably the greatest Arnold, quote unquote Arnold movie. Yeah, and not Arnold Schwarzenegger's best movie, but this is the definitive, air quotes, Arnold movie. Yes. Still surprised we haven't done this. Yep, <laughs> saving it for this special occasion. <laughs> Sure. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, this this is extremely worthy of being done earlier. However, 150th episode, we got we to gotta go big, go home. Yeah. And there's no bigger biceps in the 80s than those of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. Uh, Commando released October 4th, 1985. IMDb 6.7. Rotten Tomatoes 69%. 67% audience, right in line with the IMDb score. Estimated $10 million budget. Opened at 7.7. Went on to domestically gross 34.8. Worldwide went on to 57.4. Couldn't find any data on the rentals, but I'm sure a lot of people rented this. Mm. And of course, TV rights, because this was on all the, this is one of those on all the time yeah. on cable. Uh, directed by Mark L. Lester. He also did Firestarter, Armed and Dangerous, the John Candy 80s classic, and also Showdown in Little Tokyo, one of Brandon Lee's films, uh, his limited number of films that he did. Uh, written by a veteran of the podcast, Stephen D'Souza. He also did, of course, Die Hard, Running Man, and The Van Damme Street Fighter, which will be covered on 90s or visited one day in the far, 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 far future. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, starring the legend, the 80s icon himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger, as one of the most stupid but awesome named characters ever, <laughs> John Matrix. <laughs> yes. There's the holy... I don't know if I mentioned it before, but... Uh, back in the MySpace days, I made an infographic. It was the Holy Trinity of Action. At the top was hmm. John Matrix, John Rambo, John McClane. That's the Trinity of Action heroes. Uh, <laughs> Willis Schwarzenegger and Stallone, especially in the 80s, they're except no substitutes. Didn't you play a character named John? <laughs> yes, I sure did. In the independent runaway smash musical Pursuit of Red X, available yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, go check it out. Speaking of which, have you have you noticed that like that page has gotten a whole bunch of likes and views like lately? Like every day, it's every been, like, night, one or two yeah. or one, two or three. So hey, Pursuit yeah. of Red X on YouTube, look it up. The slow climb. <laughs> hey, didn't Miley Cyrus say it's all about the climb? She did. I God forgive me for mentioning Miley Cyrus in an episode mm. t- devoted to Arnold. Uh, kill me now. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, John Matrix. Predator, Conan, Terminator, Total Recall, True Lies, the list goes on and on. Kindergarten Cop, which part two's on Netflix, starring Dolph Lundgren. Mm. Haven't watched it yet. Kind of afraid to. But I do want to watch it. Uh, starring Ray Don Chong, Ray Don Chong uh, Ray Cindy. Don Chong. Uh, most notably that I remember her from. She was in the Tales from the Dark Side movie in the uh, one with James mm. Remar. The uh, segment with James Remar, I should say. Also, Color Purple. Uh, most recently, Jeff Who Lives at Home, which was filmed right here in our backyard in Baton Rouge. Yep. And yes, she is Tommy Chong's daughter. Oh, uh, starring nice to a, me. Seriously? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I always thought that from her name, but I did have to confirm it like a few years ago huh. when I last watched Commando before watching it for the podcast. Uh, starring a veteran of the podcast, Vernon Wells as Bennett. Uh, of course, Road Warrior, Inner Space, and Weird Science. Uh, it's so funny because like this movie, you know, let off some steam, Bennett. The vill- you know, villain's called <laughs> Bennett. However, when me and my friend Jason Orso as a kid would draw comics... My com- the villain, the nameless villain, or the faceless villain my characters would always be hunting for is some guy named Bennett. He's always, where's Bennett? <laughs> it was because of this movie. I just, I don't know, as a kid, it just stuck with me, a villain named Bennett. And every, in fact, every game, every movie, there should be some underling called, you know, James Bennett or Bennett Johnson. Bennett. <laughs> whatever. Like, how, you know, if I was ever successful, there'd always be a Bennett be a villain because of this film. And also, Vernon Wells is fantastic in this movie. Uh, Dan Hedaya as Arius, uh, Adam's Family, Usual Suspects, Alien Resurrection, uh, and of course, the lovely Alyssa Milano as Jenny Matrix. <laughs> yep. Of course, Who's the Boss, Charmed, I'm not sure what else. Wait, there was something last week, I saw you were going through it. She did a Highlander TV movie or something? Oh, did she? When you were when you were flipping through them, the Highlander stuff, I could have swore I saw it looked like her with that uh, short oh, blonde no, no, hair. No, 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 that was somebody else. Okay, well, uh, Double Dragon. She was in Double Dragon, the Scott Wolf version of Double Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was terrible. I think Robert Patrick was the villain in that. That movie was horrible. She was also in that, but uh, of course, she was also on numerous posters in my room that I got out of girls who had New Kids on the Block magazine, like Teen Beat magazines. <laughs> they, they take all the New Kids on the Block posters out, and then like, hey. Uh, you don't want that Alyssa Milano poster, right? Like, no. Okay, well, give it to me. So, plenty of posters, and she's still pretty. And she actually got married here in Louisiana, too, uh, in one of the plantations, uh, somewhere between here and Gonzales. Oh, we yeah. Used to, we used to do shows out there that way. There's a few. And uh, one of my employees would be like, yep, yeah, we got... Because uh, one of my employees got married at the same plantation where uh, Alyssa Milano got married to her. I, guess, I don't know if she's still married to the same guy, but it was at least her first marriage. Was it recently? That was years and years ago. Oh, so if it was... It would have to be that one. Oh, okay. no, I mean, the... Singe and Tate one, whatever. Yeah. That one. Yep. Not so, more. anyway, also starring another veteran of the podcast, Bill Duke as Cook. Of course, in Predator, Sister Act, X3. Uh, he's a Green Beret in this film, but John Matrix eats Green Berets for breakfast. Uh, David Patrick Kelly was Sully. Uh, recognize him from The Crow, John Wick, and most importantly, Warriors, come out to play! <laughs> you have him to thank for that character, and... Ringing the bottles and the fingernails. Ready to go. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, let's never forget a cameo by Bill Paxton as the radar navy naval radar operator in the Mm. film. Uh, Two sentence synopsis: Retired members of John Matrix unit (laughs) are getting killed and and kidnap his daughter. He montages and gets them back. That's all you need to know, and that's all you need to even think about when you're watching this movie. Now, Commando is always, it's most people's favorite Schwarzenegger movie. I know it's my friend, our friend Mike's, it's probably his favorite. Uh, again, let's define this. This is an Arnold movie. This is the epitome of an Arnold movie. Mm-hmm. Him carrying, okay, you've seen the memes about an FPS, you know, Call of Duty, carrying all those weapons into battle? Right. This is what Arnold does in this movie. He <laughs> yeah. carries every weapon into battle at the same time. He single-handedly takes on an army. Uh, in, including where you can see the jump ramps pop up, the sh- air ramps yes, throwing people can. in the air. You know, he flips over cars. Uh, he holds a man with one hand over a cliff and drops him off, like we opened the podcast with. This is the movie. This is the this is the definitive Arnold movie where he is basically Superman. Yeah, and arguably the best one-liners. Just can't fly in his career. Yeah, 
Although I imagine if they had a scene for it, he would. He would. <laughs> he didn't fall from the plane sneaking out of it. He just he, he just dove to the ground because he needed to get to the ground. Uh, you see Arnold taking off of a moving plane, jumping you know thousands of feet into a swamp and getting up, walking away. <laughs> you know, it's this is the over the topness that defines the stereotype of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Again, this is not, in my opinion, his best movie by far, but mm-hmm. it is. It's the best one to, like, you've never seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie before, you need to watch Commando. Mm. And then you need to be like, okay, you know what an Arnold movie is? Now watch Total Recall. Now watch Predator. Watch True Lies. Watch Terminator 1, Terminator 2. That's, those are my Arnold movies. But this, straight up, the very definition of Arnold Schwarzenegger should be a picture of him from the cover of this movie. <laughs> Which I was honestly surprised it only made uh, 34.8 domestically worldwide. Again, 1985 dollars, but, you know, you think Arnold was a box office king back then, but these are the numbers in 1980s that defined a box office success, uh, especially with only a $10 million budget, and you triple it. You know, box office uh, mojo uh, for Arnold in that time period. Whereas today, you know, on a movie that if it domestically grossed 34.8, it's a failure. Practically, I'm, I mean, of course, unless it's on a million dollar budget, mm-hmm. but you know, nowadays, you know, you got hit over 100 million. Even break even when you throw in, you know, films budget and advertising, yeah, and production costs of making. Well, although, you know, it's like you're making the film anymore. You're uh, sending a digital thing out nowadays, so you know, I'm sure a lot of money's saved in that regard. But anyway, yeah, Commando. Seeing it like as a kid, grew up with it on television. I had this was one I had recorded on a cassette, VHS cassette, and watched repeatedly, over and over and over. Probably this is honestly probably my most watched Arnold movie again. uh, This and Predator. Honestly, I've probably seen Predator more because it came on Encore like every day back, uh, back in the uh, early, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, but this is one that I actually had the VHS of that I watched a ton. Uh, it, it doesn't hold up at all <laughs> in terms... I mean, it, it, it's still a good movie. It's still a fun, entertaining movie. But the prosthetics, the effects, the uh, rear projection, uh, uh, green screen, so bad... Uh, you see wires holding people up when he's supposed to be holding them. Uh, every time that he throws a grenade and 18 people blow up, you see the <laughs> air ramps pop out of the grass and the yes, shot lingers do. on them. You know, same thing in Army of Darkness. It's, it's just, it's all over the place. So it's, it's uneven in that regard. But again, it's, I would put in that category of face-off. It's better than face-off. But it's, it's a bad movie, but it's so much fun. And, <laughs> that's, and ultimately, that's what should count when you, go to, when you're, when you enjoy a movie is if you had fun watching it. There's an air ramp right there. You saw it yeah. in the corner, watching it on uh, YouTube. Actually, the whole movie's on there. Was well, that the whole movie? Or yeah, it's kind of a funky copy, though. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's not on Netflix. I believe. I'm not sure if it's on any of the other uh, streaming services. But uh, if this is one, like you know, if you're if you're an Arnold fan, this is one you should have in your collection because this is this is the Arnold movie. As we said before, the, it's not as good as Predator, Total Recall, and those other ones to me in terms of you know the whole package. But this is the definition of Schwarzenegger. Uh, Arnold Commando Schwarzenegger. Pretty much uh, that. I mean, it defined him for his career. I would say this is the one. I'll go to his filmography. I, this was before, I think this was after Conan and everything, but it was before Predator and some of the bigger ones. I think this was like, this was the one, this was literally the one that defined him as an action star in terms of uh, what he would go on to do from then on. Let's see. Let's see, looking it up real quick. But, uh, the governorship took up quite a bit of his time. Unfortunately. <laughs> and I don't know what he's doing now. Oh, wait, Terminator was in there. 
but this was, uh, yeah, yeah, the two Conans, Terminator, Red Sanja, which is basically the third Conan, and then Commando. I would say this is the one. Uh, arguably, you could say Terminator, but he didn't really, you know, again, he wasn't acting so yeah. much in that one, uh, per se. I mean, he, was, he was definitely an action star before Commando, but Commando created the man, the myth, the Schwarzenegger movie. The, again, going back to that phrase, the quotation mark Arnold movie yeah. uh, was birthed with Commando. Terminator's not an Arnold movie. That's a James Cameron movie, my friend. Uh, and then, of course, after, after, uh, after Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, Running Man, Red Heat, turns to comedy for twins, goes back with Total Recall, uh, and Terminator 2, Kindergarten Cop. You know, I mean, that's the, this, was the, you know, this was the rocket ship. You know, he, he, was, he was in the... the uh, he was rising to success, and then Commando was just the one that, like, okay, we, made, we tripled our money on this movie. Let's make more action movies with this guy immediately. That's why you see a couple a year, you know, Every year, there's an Arnold movie. It's kind of like Friday the 13th in the 80s. Just popping them out over and over. But, uh, and it shouldn't be, I mean, I'm, when I say it's so bad, it's good. That doesn't mean the whole movie's bad. It's not badly made. It's just when you, again, like we talked about last week with Highlander, watch this motherfucker in 1080p, and you'll see exactly what I'm saying as far as, like, the visuals and the effects and everything, as far as that goes, for the most part. But again, mm. you're not watching this to see a dramatic scene of Vernon Wells you know, giving a soliloquy on his villainous to Schwarzenegger. No, you're, we're watching Commando to watch just people being killed yeah. as fast and as ludicrously as possible. Gratuitous violence. Exactly. That is what, that is what this movie is. And it, it succeeds on all points as far as that goes. Uh, also make sure, if you, ha- if you haven't seen it in a long time, uh, I believe there's not necessarily director's cuts, but unrated cuts. I'm not sure what the default version is these days. But there are versions that uh, don't have some of the tool... Uh, work shed scenes where he like throws saw blades and cuts off the top of people's heads <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, so just, if you are looking in the market to uh, pick up a copy, do your, you know, be a smart shopper, make sure you're getting a version that has all the footage in it. It's one of those kind of films. Like we talked with Highlander last week, how there's different versions, although, uh, and with the abyss previously as well, uh, some versions, those become the default versions from then on. But a lot of the time you get something and realize like, Oh wait, there's a scene I've, in this film. I'm not, I remember so clearly it's not in there. Yeah, it's probably because your version was edited or whatever, hmm. which does happen, and you, you really have to research it to find out. Uh, so this is one I would double-check before if you want to get the, uh, the, you know, I'm not sure if there's a definitive edition or not on Blu-ray, but, you know, be a smart shopper and you can find the one that you want. It has all the, all the gratuitous violence that you need in Commando. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, and this, and this one has... You know, Arnold has a plethora of quotes, but I mean, this one has so many, so many, just of the best. Uh, that th- and again, this is the one that set the tone for that, mm-hmm. pretty much. I mean, I'll I'll be back. And Terminator wasn't meant to be an Arnold one-liner. He's he's like, you Sarah, or like you know, the cop answers this question. He's like, I'll be back. He's literally just, you know, it's not like yeah. it's not like Predator throws the knife and the dude sticks in a wall. Stick around. It's not like this. You said you'd kill me last. I lied. You know, let's all some steam, Bennett. The best one, in my opinion. <laughs> because he gets shot in the arm. So then he doesn't use that arm for that fight. But then he picks up the steel pole and throws it with enough force, A, <laughs> yeah. to go through a chainmail shirt, B, to go through a pretty thick fucking dude, and three, to go through a steel container containing steam. This pipe goes through all of those. And when you see the shot when he throws it, it's going so slow. It should just bounce off of Vernon Wells' chest. And then he just looks at it and then shoots Matrix and wins. But, again, that's what makes this movie so fun, is how ludicrous it is. 
with everything happening. And then a uh, good friend and uh, fellow podcaster, Jonathan Foreman, with uh, Now Worse Nostalgia, when I posted I was watching Commando on Facebook, he posted the scene of where uh, he kills the guy in the plane. And he asked, uh, and a pillow too my, for my friend, he's dead tired. And he said that was his favorite Arnold quote of all time. And I can't argue with it because... <laughs> Bad guy was using an AUG. Yeah, your gun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I just noticed that. Yep, your airsoft <laughs> gun, I should say. Yeah. So, yeah. That's funny. And <laughs> just watching, it, it's just... Oh, yeah, they're dead. <laughs> yeah. It's just so... It's a fun movie. I mean, you can't help but have a smile on your face when you're watching it. It's just... It's so good. Uh, so bad, it's, it's so good because it's good, and it's also, you know... I, can, I understand exactly why people have complaints with this film, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's still fun and enjoyable. But uh, here's some really interesting ma- uh, information on the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff of this scene, uh, movie. Uh, mentioned before, the writer was Steven D'Souza. He did the screenplay. He also wrote Die Hard. Die Hard started as a sequel to this film. The script was rewritten and became the script for Die The original sequel script for Commando was rewritten and became the script for Die Hard. And the sequel for Commando was initially based on the same book Die Hard was based off of. Uh, however, when Schwarzenegger declined to return as Matrix, uh, the plot of the abandoned sequel, uh, that's when they kind of went the Die Hard route when Schwarzenegger didn't want to come back or didn't come back. Mm. Uh, the plot of the abandoned sequel saw Matrix being hired as a, by a big corporation to oversee their security and to protect their executives from being kidnapped. So to stop people breaking into the building and make sure the computers are secure... So this is kind of a brief synopsis. He sets it up and hires the most dangerous people to be guards in the building. And then, lo and behold, he discovers the people he's working for are in the illegal arms business. And the big corporation is simply a front. So then he has to fight the people he hired to stop the arms dealer. And uh, his daughter has grown up and become a lawyer, is trapped in the building with Uh. security systems, guard dogs, and everything. They They should make this movie now. With Arnold today, like you know, this is you know this this it's more likely to do it now. Yeah, exactly. They need to make this use the same plot of of, of the same trope and have him go years through it later. Exactly, exactly. It would be so awesome. The closest Commando Two came to being uh, into being was like that movie Escape. Oh, the closest version you have of a reference would be the movie Escape Plan with Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Uh, that's kind of the closest kind of thing that they give as the generalities of the plot. Uh, so kind of adversaries working together and then whatever so unfortunately there's still a chance we could see it made but we probably never will but I would be there day one Commando <laughs> 2 John Matrix is back Commando get Milano two. back kidnapped in the building it'd be, it would be awesome they could do it I know they could uh, this is a fun fact because it relates to me personally but the shopping mall in the film is the Sherman, Sherman Oaks Galleria in California uh, it's the same one that was used in Terminator 2 Judgment Day uh, since both films are hmm. wrapped the mall has been extensively remodeled however that's the film I saw Expendables 2 in so it was cool watching Expendables 2. It was also the yeah. first theater I went to where I could have alcohol in, having two beers in a theater where Ooh. Terminator was shot, uh, Terminator 2 was shot, and Commando watching Arnold and Sylvester Stallone in Expendables 2. It's a beautiful moment. But uh, there are 54 stunt performers listed in the credits, Seven more people than, 17 more people than the actual cast. <laughs> so <laughs> take from that what you will. A lot of people had to be jumping off of those damn springboards. <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. You know, they use it. Let's shoot it from multiple angles, and they're, we're going to use this several times blowing up. Uh, hey, that works. Works for John Carpenter. Works for everybody. Uh, I wouldn't count them, so I, you know, I'll take that as fact. Mm. Uh, the Dan Hedaya character of Arius was said to be a deposed dictator from the country of Valverde. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Valverde might sound familiar because it is a fictionalized South and Central Amer- South, South or Central American country used by Hollywood from the 80s to early, 
excuse me, 90s to depict a Spanish-speaking country similar to Cuba or Nicaragua without encountering diplomatic problems because we care about that in America for some reason. Uh, but it's also referenced in Predator, Die Hard 2, and the made-for-TV movie Supercarrier, Deadly Enemies, which I don't never heard of and never will bother hearing of because that's the first and only time we'll ever mention it. Hmm. Uh, Alyssa Milano, to kind of date, you know, this was 1985. Uh, she worked on this film after the first season of uh, Who's the Boss? So this is her between the first and second seasons of Who's the Boss? If you're a Milano geek and, you know, you appreciate the finer things in life like Alyssa Milano in the 80s. Not in this film because she's a child. But later on, who's the boss? She was a teen idol. It was legal. Didn't have concepts of that as a kid. She was beautiful. I was <laughs> in love with her back then. She blossomed to a beautiful woman. We were both kids. <laughs> yeah, so it, yeah, I guess it, it, you know, nothing wrong there. But anyway, uh, Vernon Wells' entrance to the, at the docks uh, in that first scene where his boat blows up and you don't realize yet that he's working with the bad guys. Mm. Uh, the fisherman on his boat greets him via an ADR, ADR line, which you can clearly tell. He goes, what do you say, Wes? Well, Wes was the name of his character from Mad Max 2 which we covered on the podcast. So this is his character before the nuclear meltdown, mm. nu- uh, World War Three. So Bennett survives this, somehow gets stranded in Australia riding motor- in a motorcycle gang with the humongous, because it's the same character, apparently. So I'll take it. Movie Connections. Command- uh, Road Warrior is a related film to Commando. It's in stone. I've said it. Uh, Schwarzenegger and Ray Don Chong. Ray, I keep want to say Ray Dong Chong. Ray, Ray Don Chong. They actually shot a love scene, but it was so bad they dropped it from this movie. Wow. Now imagine when you watch this movie, you think about this movie, how bad a love scene would have had to have been for them not to yeah. put it in this film. It's like everyone wants to see Arnold making love. Right. But not this way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Uh, during the scene Not in the like shed, this. after Matrix cuts off the soldier's, soldier's arm, he was originally supposed to hit the victim with it and say, need a hand, which would have been <laughs> great. However, the scene was never shot where he actually does that. It was considered too macabre. Mm. Uh, despite this 2007 director's cut, okay, it is considered a director's cut. Director's cut restored a few extra seconds of footage of Matrix tossing the cut limb nonchalantly at the wounded soldier, which is in the version I saw, so the director's cut might be the default uh, 1080p version. Ah. Uh. Uh, most likely an alternative to blatantly hitting him with it. Body count. Jesse, would you care to even guess the body count of Commando? 80s? Somewhere in the 80s? Okay. Well, you're technically right. Uh, Am I? Full body count is 109. (laughs) 81 of those are killed by Schwarzenegger. Okay. So. (laughs) Hey, I consider that a win. So there were some conflicting numbers online. One person said 109 and then said 102 by Schwarzenegger. But on the DVD itself, it says one of the facts is 81 killed by Schwarzenegger. So I'm going with 109 total body count, confirmed 81 by Schwarzenegger. And now, what if, probably the most bizarre what if you could ever think of. Originally, now, uh, Steven D'Souza wrote this film, did the screenplay, but also before he got it... uh, Jeff Loeb of comic book fame and some other screenplays. Uh, most notably, he did Batman The Long Halloween uh, in the comics, which is one of the best Batman stories ever. Free plug there. Mm-hmm. However, uh, in his version of this film, he wrote the character of John Matrix for Gene Simmons. Yes. Kiss Gene Simmons. What did he look like back then? <laughs> uh, pull Up Runaway with Tom Selleck. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he looked like in the 80s. This is, again, a lot of people didn't even know him outside of makeup at this point either. But the original concept for this film was written with Gene Simmons in mind to play John Matrix. 
Also considered for the role, uh, much like last week, Nick Nolte. Oh, young Gene Simmons. I mean, he didn't look bad, but yeah, he may w- have worked for this film. No, you had to have sort, you had to, it had to be somebody larger than life, or it would not have worked. I don't think. Well, as I was watching it, just like we were, I was like, he doesn't really need all those muscles to kill everybody. The gun's doing all the work. That's true, but he does <laughs> to flip over cars to carry all the weapons into battle. But someone a little more agile could have done that. Yeah, it would be, you know if they did a, if they wanted to remake Commando and make it more like a you know a Paul Greengrass film, like a Bourne film. Yeah, but again, the 80s, overcompensation. Wow. And of course, if you want a Schwarzenegger film, he has to have a shirt off at some point. You're not getting him for the acting talent. You're getting him for the presence and everything else he brings to it. Uh, but also, Nick Nolte was uh, considered for the role of John Matrix, which again, wouldn't work. <laughs> I'm looking at this movie, Trick or Treat, that you have right. with Osborne and Gene Simmons, and that's like the worst cover for any movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> it's life. pretty bad. God, that's bad. I want to see that movie now, though, because now it's of the on cover. Your, your Halloween hey, episodes. I already had an idea for the Halloween, th- like the theme of it, and I'm looking for a couple more movies, so it very well will be. Trick or Street, starring Ozzy. Wow. I got to make sure it's an actual movie and not just something stupid. Um, Does it say... There's a story here. Minutes? Okay. It's... <laughs> Comedy, horror, music. I just got to be able to find a copy of it now. They're playing characters. Wow. Okay, that's done. That will happen. So, <laughs> uh, so there you go. A little quick sneak preview for four months down the line. Five point seven could be worse. Yep, could be a lot worse <laughs> with some of those other ones. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I want to see, it, but now I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll get to that in four months. But uh, considered for the, also considered role for the villainous dictator Arius, Raul Julia, who would go on to play a villainous dictator in Street Fighter in his final role. He would have been great in that Best part. Best line in that movie, though. I what? still use it. Yeah. Which one? In Street Fighter? Yeah. For his, li- his line. Um, it was Tuesday. Yeah, that it was one, Tuesday. I love that. That's, that is the best line in the film. I was at a wedding. I was like, this is probably the happiest day of your life. But for, but me, for me, it's Saturday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's such... That, that, it's, like... That movie is another one like this. It's so bad, it's good. Like right. I, it, it's so unfaithful to the games. It's bad. But that but, line goes above and beyond that movie. But him, <laughs> it, that that particular line, yes. But yeah. there's there's a, like Zangief, quick, change the channel. Yeah. And then uh, Van Damme's speech in that film is so awesome. It's like you know, like you've made excellent use of the Independence Day speech. Yes, I you have. know, in real life. <laughs> like his speech like before an airsoft match I want to give that speech that he gives in here who wants to go with me just, or who wants to go home remembering it who wants to go with me I can remember most of it yeah uh, in just uh, you know in the gist of it at least like you know he's like uh, we can all go something we can all go home our oh, friends yeah. have died but we can all go home well me I'm not going home I'm going to get to my boat, and I'm going to go upriver, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard, the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. Now, who's going to go home? Who's going to go with me? And everybody cheers. Yeah. That speech is awesome in that movie. And it's so stupid what he's saying, and it's just so it bad, is. but it's good. Mo- oh, wow. All three quotes we just mentioned are here right next to each other. Hell yeah. There you go. <laughs> See that whole part, like that's that's an underrated, like that's, his quote to Chun Li in that part should be in like one of the best quotes of all time. Yeah, like because you can quote that nobody knows what it's from. Right. If I hear somebody say it, I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> game over. Yeah, I was asking Melissa. He's like, you know what that's from? Nope. <laughs> it, it, it's 
it's any the way he plays it and like you know, you know the day that bison graced your village was the single most important day of your life but for me it was tuesday <laughs> yeah, so, it, like that is a well that is a bad line in a, if you boil it down right i mean actually it's not that bad written you know i can see also, like you know that it could have been terrible kind of. but he delivered it so well it's just like Damn! <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta let him have that one, Chun Li. Yeah, you know what he meant. He yeah, meant that didn't mean shit. <laughs> yeah, but he, he Raw Julia in this film as that dictator would have mm-hmm. been fun. Would have been great. <laughs> it would have made him a more memorable character because I forget that Dan Haday is even in this film because he's just speaking in a bad uh, Spanish accent. Yeah, where Raul Julia is is Latin, I think. I think he's Spanish of just Spanish descent or. Yeah, probably. I'm pretty sure. But, uh, you know, that would have given more authenticity to the role. Puerto Rico, you know, they speak Spanish. He would have have that look and he'd have that dialect. Could have done a really good job. Fortunately, not to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Score-wise, for sheer fun, gets a nine. However, critically, eh, it's about a six. (laughs) There's a (laughs) lot of problems. Again, like, I, I I listen to some podcasts that... I can tell that these people love this film, but they give it bad scores because they only look at it at a critical level. Right, right. We can't, you, can't, you can't do that with a film you like, in my opinion. Uh, for, like, for example, this one. I will watch this anytime. I will have a good time watching this film. But you know, if someone says, give it a, you know, what do you think? How, how good do you think it is? Oh, I think it's a nine. It's, it's fun. I love it to death. But then I have to prep. You know, like, but you know, if you don't like this kind of movie from a critical stance, you know, six, six point, whatever I said before. I mean, it's it's not that well made of a film, but it's a show. This is a showcase for what Arnold can do, and it does it well. And thus, it's a nine to me. Hmm. It's so much fun, and it's still fun revisiting it. Of course, again, you see the flaws and prosthetics, and the the air ramps come up and brilliant HD. And uh, there's even some scenes where the dudes have wires on them and the air ramps, so they're Whoa! they're flying away. Just fly away. Yeah. It's it's bad. It's 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 bad. But again, it it's not like last week where Highlander, where you know the movie's really a good movie, mm-hmm. and and then that kind of stuff takes you out of it. Yeah. But in, in Commando, you accept it. It's just yeah. <laughs> yep. It adds to it. It adds to the cheese. Uh, and of course, if you if you do if Commando's one of your favorite films, and you just started listening to this podcast, you owe it to yourself to find a copy of a film called Deadly Prey, which we reviewed on the on the For podcast. Sure. It's actually better than Commando, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, for that, for the reasons we've listed, but, yeah, for the reasons that we've listed, why we love Commando, Kill for Kill, Deadly Prey is better. <laughs> uh, you get, I think the whole movie's on YouTube. Check it out if you like Commando. Listen to our podcast after you watch it. It's so enjoyable. It's it's ter- a horrible, horrible movie, but it is so fucking amazing. You will thank us after watching it. Get get some beers. Get some uh, your friends around and watch it. It's highly, highly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, wrapping it up, in the real world, on October 4th, 1985, when this movie released, nothing really happened. However, the day before, on October 3rd, 1985, the space show Atlantis made its first flight. So last week we talked about the day after the movie was released, they found the capsule from the Challenger disaster. And this week, the day before, space show Atlantis made its first flight. Because it was the 80s, and we had a space program. And it was awesome as a kid to have a space program. And it's a damn shame that we don't. So get on that, not Obama, uh, Hillary or uh, Trump. One of y'all do something with the space program, please. Although neither of them are because they're both that's the same all going fucking private person. Now. Yep. Which it, honestly, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Although you know, NASA had a lot of funding, more funding than private 
sure. people have. However, you know, one day, hopefully. But uh, back to the future this week. Going to talk just a quick uh, bit. Of course, this is late for us, these games we're talking about, but it's current while we're talking about them. Uh, first of all, uh, I've been going through the story mode of Doom, which my friend Jason let me borrow. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. Story mode is phenomenal. It's wow. It's a it's a it's a Doom game. Yeah. Like the sec the second you start the single player, it's like this is Doom. This feels like Doom. They nailed it. You go into a room, it's quiet. All of a sudden, you hear the torch, and then da, 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 <laughs> the heavy metal kicks in. Oh, it's just cool. like they and with Id making this one again, like they nailed the feel of Doom, which is phenomenal. Now in the I played the multiplayer beta, and I was like, I canceled my pre-order at the multiplayer beta on the game because the multiplayer was too Call of Duty for me. Yeah, it looked like it. It was. Especially like, with uh, Overwatch out now. Yeah. And I want, and I want to play it anyway because it came out, you know, I think a week or two before Overwatch. Mm. Uh, or maybe, I don't know. It was close proximity. But anyway, so I canceled my pre-order, but I always want, knew I was going to pick Doom up later when it was cheaper just for the single player. Yeah. Thankfully, my friend Jason got it. He went through it. I think he 100%ed it or whatever you want to call it. And finally, I got it uh, last uh, over the weekend. And it's just, if you like Doom, if you remember playing that shareware floppy <laughs> that you traded with your friends, yeah. that one point, you know, that 2.4 megabyte file of Doom, uh, even if you just play the shareware, there's so many parts it's like, holy shit. There's a part in the game where you, you encounter two barons of hell. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm having like flashbacks of the end of the shareware copy of yeah, Doom. Yeah, that's the way where, you fight two of them. On the big star. Yeah, and it rises up, yeah. and it, it's the same fucking thing. They have fatalities. They call them glory kills, where, like, after you do enough damage, you can melee them, and it's just, like, ripping off arms, shoving in their face. Uh, with the Barons of Hell, you clump, you step up on their leg as they're kneeling, and you rip off their horn and just shove it in their face. Cacodemon, you pull out their eye and just punch through it. It's just... It's, it's brutal. It's what you've always wanted Doom to be. Yeah. Whereas Doom 3 went, like, more like a Silent Hill kind of scary route. This Doom goes no, like no. This is Doom. Action. Yes, it's, Doom is an action, action game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Doom isn't a horror game. I mean, it makes you jump a couple of times right, when right. a monster pops out of a closet and you turn around. There's an imp going. Eh, well, the eh. theme is yeah. It, it's theme very. It's a there. very horror theme. Yeah. But I never got a horror vibe from the game. Sure. Yeah. You know, and whereas Doom Three was like very dark and like I, I jumped. You know, I didn't shit myself, but Suspense, like the expression. Horror, yeah. yeah. You know, you hear something. You know, you hear this. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! And the lights shut off. Yeah. Turn your flashlight on. Yeah. Ah! Pinky yeah. jumps out. Uh, so, but this one is not that. It's it's Doom. It's what I think when I think of Doom. I think this is what this game is, hmm. and they nailed it perfectly. It's gorgeous. The music, it plays right. The multiplayer is just not my thing. It's not Doom multiplayer came down to the rocket launcher, and about being good with the rocket launcher was Doom multiplayer back in the day. At least when we played LAN. All right. You know, and this one it's not. It's shotgun. If I wanted, to, if I wanted we to play get, shotguns a lot. I mean, I of course, if you don't have the rocket, the person has the rocket yeah. in the map, and oh, they're for sure, it, for sure. Of course, yeah, of course. You know, your only hope is the shotgun. But uh, you know, because you start off with a shotgun in your loadouts in multiplayer, and it's just so weak. Like I'm sitting there, you know, at their feet, they live one shot from the shotgun. I'm dead. Yeah, uh, that's not that's not my that's not Doom for me. I want, <laughs> if, the, if the multiplayer felt like Doom, I would have. Had, I would have bought it like yeah. from the beta, as it was didn't. But nevertheless, if you like Doom, you owe it to yourself to play the story. The story's fantastic. It's fun. Uh, one of our friends that doesn't even usually play a lot of games, hundred uh, percent of it on Xbox. Cliff. Uh, really? Yeah. He which surprised play a lot of games. He doesn't. 
he plays Halo for the most part and like oh, I didn't know Skyrim. That. Like I mean, if you look at his gamer card, it's not like a lot. Of, oh, like he doesn't he, buy a lot. I like, thought he played a lot of games. I mean, he used to when he worked at Airsoft uh, GameStop, Cliff, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not saying about dissing the guy. It's just like he doesn't no, usually no, no, buy a lot or anything. No. But he just doesn't play. I, mean, a lot. I don't play a lot of games. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not either. I'm selective. I'm extremely selective now. Yeah. With games, uh, but I've still got 130,000 gamer score. Uh, toot toot. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit is... about that anymore. <laughs> no, for 360 though, I care. I was like, if I get a game. Back in the day, I'm I gonna, I'm more. gonna. Oh, I gotta get that achievement. I want that gamer score. Like, I, to me, that was beating the game. Was getting at right. least 750 gamer score on a game. Wow. But then I'd get games where it was like. Oh yeah, I'll, you know, here's your 250 achievements for playing the single player. Now be a god in multiplayer for the other 650 or 750, whatever. I'm like, nope, <laughs> done with that. Uh, Matt got most of my gamer score. Just <laughs> uh, playing on my account. None of that matters. I do like it on <laughs> Xbox now, though, with the gamer score because when you unlock the achievement pictures, you can use those as wallpapers on your background on your dashboard, which is cool. So where you're then unlocking sure wallpaper, <laughs> so you don't have to look at you know green the whole fucking time. Oh, I don't mind that. I do. I'm, I mean, like I change my PS3 theme, PS4 theme all the time. Like I wish they'd allow you to make your own. I've never changed it. Well, I've had the same background on my computer forever. I change my shit all the time. Yeah, just for change of pace. Same thing. Same on my <laughs> phone. It's been that since I bought it. I'll just see a piece of art. Like, oh, that's awesome. I like that art. Wallpaper, phone, whatever. Wow. But anyway, uh, where? Oh yeah, Doom. Oh, yeah, Doom's great. Check it out. And then the game that's taking up most of my time right now, Overwatch, is f- the best multiplayer game I played. Me personally, the last game I got this into multiplayer was Mass Effect Three, because of the depth to it. it. Mass Effect 3's multiplayer was phenomenal. A lot mm. of people just didn't play it because, like, why do you need it? It's Mass Effect. <laughs> Dragon Age's multiplayer sucked. Hmm. Like an in Inquisition, didn't like it. Dungeon stuff was like, I was, I was like, oh, if it's like Mass Effect, it's gonna be so much fun. Hmm. No, nope. uh, I got I like. There are a few games where I will say I was good at, like online, like where I could say like, yeah, I, I honestly was really good at that game. I was really good at Mass Effect Three multiplayer. I had all these character builds. Hmm. I had sorry glass cannons. I had every different kind of outfit for the team, and like, I I was good at that game, and yeah. nobody else played it. Yeah. So I can never substantiate these because there was no achievements for it or. You know, there was nothing, no way to prove that to anybody, but I fell in love. I played, I played it so much, I had an LED TV at that time. I burned, I had image retention on my LED TV from the HUD on Mass Effect. Wow. Which is like, that takes a lot to get any sort of image retention on LEDs. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I mean, I, I played it so much. Mm. Uh, whereas Overwatch, I uh, didn't see how many hours I've played so far, but I mean, I'm, I'm, my goal was like, I'm at, I think I'm level 27 but I've been trying to get like a level a day, which at this point is about 10 matches, but the matches are quick. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if you've got a decent team, uh, unfortunately, none of my friends are playing. So if any listeners out there want to play Overwatch on PS4, send me your gamer tags, agevisit at gmail.com. I'm looking for people who actually use mics and actually want to play the game and not just go around to Soldier 76 or Genji and just whore up kills. So if you like to play Overwatch, hit me up. I love it. I'm a fan. Uh, it's It's... It's a game I, I know that if our group played it, if we all had that if we all had this at it for the same console, we'd be playing mm-hmm. it every night. It's that much fun. Yeah. And especially since a lot of our friends on that side of our friends in that mm-hmm. group are so uh, big blizzard whores. Yeah. You know, blizzard how you know, yeah, you should be playing Overwatch. It's better than Halo. Stop playing Halo. Let's play <laughs> Overwatch. Get Overwatch. I can't say it enough. I'm gonna go home and play Overwatch. <laughs>
Wow. So, but anyway, so I can get home sooner to play Overwatch. Wow, 150 episodes. Yep. Yep. So, those big milestone numbers we have to do in all the movies. That's why we won't do. We haven't done so many. We did. We've done. This might be our third or fourth. We did Predator. This one, Conan, The Destroyer. I believe. I don't think we've done Barbarian yet. I think it was just Destroyer. So, we like to bring out the big guns for the big big episodes mm. so we hope you've enjoyed listening to 150 episodes of 80s of visit and seeing how we've grown and matured over the years not and, much and some <laughs> friends yeah mature wise not much it's not at all. the same yeah it's not probably a little less <laughs> that's mature <laughs> yeah, we're we not trying lost to lost somebody yeah lost, lost a couple people, people. <laughs> yeah you want to look at it that way uh but it's it's always been fun uh, and we met people in Australia and all oh, around yeah. the world, and people right in our backyard. Would have never have done it. Yep. So, and uh, people in you know, California, our friend John Martinez in California, he listens since uh, talk to him on Facebook all the time. Uh, you know, it's just that's the fun of it. You know, yeah. we don't have a Patreon thing, we don't have a donation thing. It's just people having conversations. Yep. And to me, you know. But if you do want to do no, if you did, <laughs> we don't have anything set up. Yeah, so. we don't have nothing. <laughs> so don't worry about it. But we would like, if you would like to donate, donate a review, donate an email, just yeah, some feedback. Seriously. We love that. Like I said, we've made some really good friends around the world. Uh, London as well. We had a, uh, I for, I'm sorry, I forget the, the uh, guy's name. He sent us an email a couple weeks ago from London. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. It was, no, I think it was outside of London. He was in England. Uh, so I'm sorry if I've mentioned London. I know, I know, like, it could be turf wars. Right. You know, uh, based on your soccer team. There. I mean, you know, West Ham and It's like post-apocalyptic Arsenal. over there. Well, yeah, you never know. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, drop us an email, 80srevisited at gmail.com, uh, at AwesomePods on Twitter and uh, Facebook uh, and the internet, AwesomePods.com, blah, blah, blah. AwesomePods means we're part of the Awesome Podcast Network. There's plenty of uh, podcasts on there for you to uh, check out and listen to. Uh, and then also, as always, give a good uh, uh, give a good recommend. I want to give a good recommendation for our friends, uh, both local and around the world. Uh, John and James with the Now vs. Nostalgia podcast, always a good to hear their podcast. Uh, again, just two friends having a conversation, talking about stuff that made them happy as kids in this same kind of time frame that we deal with a lot of stuff. Uh, but they're just not 80s exclusive like we uh, tend to be. They do all sorts of, uh, a lot of 90s stuff and even 70s, all sorts. And recent stuff too. So again, always good to hear their voice, voices and what they have to say. Uh, and as always, and as now always, our good friends around the world in Tasmania, Australia. I don't know. Well, Tasmania is its own country, right? It's, uh, it's not like, uh, you know, it's yeah, not like, maybe. it's separate from Australia in terms of like a country. Sorry, Ben. If <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's a little state. island. Or... I know it was an island, but is it considered like its own? I mean, uh, I say, uh, Australia's uh, island a state. country. So yeah, so Tasmania would be part state of the, of part of Australia. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. Again, you know, we're foreigners. We just we're just saying what our perverted American uh, education system has taught us. Right. We don't know us. much about it. I mean, we just know it has a population of about 515,000. Yeah, you know. And like, it's on, yeah. You know, the capital was, what, it was a or something like that. It's now an yeah. open-air museum. It's about 25 miles, 26,000 square miles. Yes. You know. I remember that. Yeah. The capital is Hobart. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just these little things. Yeah. That's know. all we know about Tasmania. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, the Asia Mania podcast, give them a listen. Uh, love the accents. Uh, like I, I think I said before, like you know, growing up as a kid, I always pretend like I think it was the Crocodile Dundee episode. Like I always want, I wished I had an Australian accent. As a kid, I loved Australia. I still do. Still want to go kid. there. 
I still love it as an adult. I love it even more because I'm an adult and I can actually save up my money and go there, not to wait for my parents to say, where do you want to go? You want to go to Disneyland? No, I want to go to Australia. Ha, ha, ha. Go mow the lawn. (laughs) You know, so hopefully I'll get there one day. Always wanted to go. But yeah, the Asia Mania podcast, they cover a little bit of everything, kind of like we kind of do with our tangent. So give them a listen as well. And next week, I have no clue. I'm thinking about Dune, D-U-N-E. I had to keep telling my wife. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing, sweetie? I'm playing Doom. Dune? There's a Dune game? Like, no, Doom. D O O M. There is. Not on any of the consoles I have. Wow. But there is one. I used to play that a lot. Wasn't it like an RTS? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards that one. However, get the spice. If you do, if you are interested in it, we are going to do it soon. Just don't know if it's going to be next because I have the three and a half hour edition to watch yeah yeah and i love the theatrical but for the podcast i'm going to watch the big one because i know the theatrical like the back of my hand sure but i haven't seen the longer one the you know it's not even a director's cut because quote unquote alan smithy david lynch doesn't want his name on it so Mm. there is no technical director's cut there's just a tv version uh that aired a lot to fill in a four-hour time gap uh, time slot so but it will be the long extended version i guess that's the way to put it the extended version of Dune will be the one we will watch and talk about on the podcast. Most likely, it'll be next time if I have time to watch it, if I can fit it in. That's just a long time to sit and watch <laughs> without a break. So. Sure. But it's a good movie. So until next it's... time, I remain John Matrix, not Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.